0: What's the word, baby bird? <laughs> you like that one?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. sure. All
0: right. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is Steffi Cohen.
2: And Hayden Bowe. And Ian Kaplan on this one. <laughs> Dr.
0: Ian Kaplan. Whoa.
1: Hey. Um,
0: hey. Yeah. Nice. Wait, are, you,
1: are you graduated? Is technically? I have the
2: degrees in the mail? I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, congratulations. Congrats, Cap. That's awesome. Dr. Cap. Yeah. All right, uh, well, today we have a uh, really entertaining episode for you <clears throat> where we talk about our upcoming 30 day, thirty days of mental muscle. Why is it so hard for me to say it?
1: Mm, dyslexia? Yeah,
0: 30 days of mental muscle. So we talk about what that is and how you can get involved. And then we answer some questions that were dropped in our Q&A on Instagram about not only about the 30-day... Mental muscle. Is it a challenge? It's not really a challenge.
1: Well, the challenge is that you. That you do it. You do it.
0: Yeah. Not only about that, but also some other questions that people uh, have about mindset, about training. And what else?
2: Yeah. Uh, just the Things that people deal with. Setbacks. Nutrition. Setbacks, nutrition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just a couple of fun questions in there. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to check check out our partners in strength go strong equipment they're at go strong equipment on Instagram and they're www.gostrongequipment.com they make the best stuff in the freaking game it's all we train on it's all we care about we love them they make the most beautiful customizable equipment uh and yeah they're uh they're something check them out
0: all right enjoy the podcast
1: Ready? 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 Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, I thought we were ready, but Steffi's scrolling on Instagram, as she tends to do sometimes on this podcast. She gets bored of her own podcast and (laughs) starts tuning us out and goes on Instagram. So anything interesting on there?
0: Uh, Just a bunch of girls chopping off their bangs.
1: Oh, yeah. What's up with that?
0: Quarantine, baby. Quarantine makes you do (laughs) silly things.
1: Speaking of silly things.
0: (laughs) I have an eyebrow piercing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Last podcast... (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about you potentially getting an eyebrow piercing like Joe Exotic, and
0: Joe Exotico.
1: And here we are, yeah, back on the following podcast. And what do you got in your eyebrow?
0: A hole, an aperture, <laughs> an orifice. Hey, you know what?
1: I like it though. It Makes you look punk. Oh, yeah, man. I dig that punk look.
0: My mom is gonna call me immediately after listening to this podcast. Most likely, I like that. Most likely
1: that that's the thing that
2: sticks about Joe Exotic. Because I wouldn't have remembered that unless you said he had an eyebrow piercing.
1: <laughs> he had the he has the most dangly little, <laughs> the smallest piece of skin you could possibly grab is where his eyebrow piercing hangs.
0: Was from. his I, was his piercer just drunk?
1: I okay. he was like oh. Well, according to Alex, who was a black market body piercer in okay. his teens, as yeah. we oh, as yeah, we yeah. talked about on the last podcast, right. as that that was in style at one point.
0: Yeah, he Alex said that. 80% of the piercings that he did, he did wrong. 80 to 90. 80 to 90% he got wrong.
1: <laughs> he messed up. <laughs> just complete botch jobs. Uh, um, yeah, but you did yours quarantine style. You got it pierced hardcore. Just It was like in the movie, The Parent Trap. Yeah. You know, where they they just put some ice, an ice cube on it. So she did. She literally had a, a water bottle. And then she had a guy jam a 16 gauge needle through her face.
0: An esthetician, not just a guy. Okay.
1: But, okay. but I mean, well, he was a guy.
0: He's just a guy. It's yeah. It's
1: not completely inaccurate. Yeah. But he was a qualified guy. A qualified professional. And you know what? It turned out nice. I like it. Oh,
0: thank so you. So congrats Very on appreciated. that. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Now that we got the important stuff covered. Right. Um, Cap, why don't you tell us a little bit about why we're actually here today?
2: All right. We're here in kind of a different capacity than most episodes, which are interview-based or just light banter about lifting. Um, so they're either educational or fun. This one is both educational and fun because Ooh. we're talking about what we're what we're up to this this month and why May is going to be such a big month. Uh, one thing we were planning internally amongst the brain trust was how to continue to to help people when kind of life in the gym is kind of all up in the air or, or you know, it's not clear what people have access to and how their lives are going. So we wanted to do something for everyone in, in, on, you know, in the hybrid community on the hybrid team to make sure that we're, we're helping them grow even when the tools that they normally have to grow aren't necessarily available. So what that looks like specifically is this 30 days of mental muscle challenge which you should have heard about if you're a hybrid fan on some instagram channel or you should be getting some emails
1: if you don't um, live under a rock. You should, you,
2: yeah you, yeah. If, i mean if you haven't visited the landing page which is method.com, you probably aren't a real hybrid fan so you should probably get over there and figure it out and <laughs> see what's up but um <laughs> uh so but to describe that thing is is this 30 days is not just another 30 day challenge it's for all of our members, so everyone who is a hybrid athlete will get these emails straight to their inbox. You, you don't have to do anything. You're automatically enrolled. If you don't want to be enrolled, just don't look at the emails, but I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be enrolled. But if you do want to get these emails, you have to enroll as as a as a member in one of our training programs. But what you get are each day, we each morning we come into your inbox with an email that helps you kind of win that day and something you can work on that day to move towards your goals, even if, even if your training environment isn't perfect. So that, so we kind of bring the whole team together, everyone contributes kind of their best tips and their insights that they've learned over time, you know, and in the trenches and whether it's, you know, goal setting or intention setting or some, you know, lifestyle behaviors or nutrition or some training things you can do, regardless of your access to equipment, there's something in it for everyone every day to to feel like you're making progress, even because I know the past couple of months, people have felt like, you know, things are slipping or there's, you know, the other group of people that almost kind of feel a little guilty that they have everything available and they're still making progress, but they don't wanna show all their friends. So we can, you can still, you know, refine your skills on this program, and take the extra time you have because we essentially all have extra time unless you're in essential services or you're in healthcare, in which case that's a whole nother bag of worms. And you know you're probably working overtime, in which case there's just you your, your, your own unique kind of use.
1: You're a little um, lost cause.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you kidding. can then that's a that's a different. You know, you've uh, a different kind of problem to work through that can also be helped with some some tips and strategies and kind of these, these mental tools and um, behavioral strategies that anyone can use to get better and to apply to the gym as you kind of get back into your routine because the routine will come back one day. Um, We're all settling into a different routine now, but we can be better for the experience of having kind of our, our lives disrupted in one way or the other.
1: Yeah, totally. Do you you have a, uh, a list of, let's not give it all away, but maybe a couple of the topics, your favorite topics that, uh, yeah. we're going to be feeding these people.
2: Yeah. I mean, we have some cool topics around, you know, what it means to, um, right. What a gratitude practice looks like, what, um, surrounding yourself with a team can look like to, to support you and your goal and to create accountability. How to discover kind of your your source of motivation and also to outline your the daily habits that that you can engage in to feel like you right that day was successful. Right. And these are sometimes these these, these things seem very simple in the outset, but it's a it's, it's a matter of outlining them at the beginning of the day and then committing that day to doing that thing, which is very achievable, and at the end of the day, checking that thing off. And there's some things that are very habit-based, so you have to do them, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can kind of commit to the 30 days, then then some of these things will will stick with you as habits that you can carry kind of out of the challenge. And the goal isn't to do all of them. The goal is to really kind of experiment with, with the month and to figure out which ones best fit into your life and and help you kind of level up your your training and your mindset and your approach to to training, but also more importantly, to what to what strength means in your in your life, mm-hmm. and if being as strong as possible is what's important to you. That's cool. We can help you with that, but also if you know strength has other meanings to you, then then this all supports that as well.
1: Yeah, it's a, a virtual buffet that you can pick and choose <clears throat> whatever topics interest you and apply them however however you see fit. Um, I don't yeah. think we talked about it yet, but this starts on May first. So you have to be opted in by May 1st, which means you sign up for a hybrid program by May 1st, uh, any of them, any slash all of them, because one subscription gets you access to all of our our, uh, ongoing programs. Uh, But even if you are not ready to make the full leap into a training program, and you don't want to reap the benefits of all of this knowledge, You can still in a very easy way, get on the website on the new landing page, uh, strong.hybridperformancemethod.com and put in your email uh, to receive the free bonus tips. So those will go alongside the uh, other tips. These are extra tips uh, that you can get without even signing up for a hybrid program. So yeah,
2: and you can, right. You can see what it's about, what getting your feet wet looks like the kinds of things that we emphasize in the training to help you get the most out of it.
0: Yeah. The beauty of something like this is that, you know, I think sometimes even when we have the plan in front of us, it's difficult to execute. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why most diets fail because knowing what to do is not, it's not enough like you need to know how to do it. So that's what this this 30-day challenge is about. We're going to equip you with the tools that you need to stick with your goals long-term.
1: Yeah. It's yep. a, it's
2: a, and, and it's it's a 30-day commitment and 30 different reminders about what commitment looks like. Yep. And right, that buffet of strategies you could use to to execute that plan, which is really what it is.
0: I know you can eat buffet. A, sh- a virtual
2: smorgasbord.
1: Yeah. A cornucopia.
0: <laughs> a cornucopia.
1: The cornucopia of knowledge bombs. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're obviously pretty pumped up about it. We're doing basically a whole podcast on it. So I think um, we put out a lot of material about it uh, Go uh, in the last lead up uh, to launch. And la- the last day is Thursday. Launch is yeah. on Friday. Uh, so we just put out some feelers. We're going to do a Q&A on what the 30 Days of Mental Muscle uh, is or what, what questions people have uh, about it. Uh, and then we're gonna dive into just some some random fun uh, questions about whatever our listeners uh, wrote in about that they wanted to hear about. So it'll just be yeah. kind of like an open-ended AMA and we'll all mm-hmm. chip in on that. All right. So, Steffi, you wanna dive in on some of those qu- or questions?
0: The ones that I got?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, let's see what I got. <clears throat> let's start
1: with the ones from the the ones regarding the 30 days of mental muscle. And then we'll move okay. on from there. All
0: right. Let's see what we have here. Okay. This is a good one. How do you deal with cravings while working from home? Having a hard time hitting my macros.
1: Mm. You know, I, I love... Um, James clears uh, sort of ideology when it comes to things like this. And it's one that our nutrition coaches promote a lot and it's just creating an environment uh, that allows you to easily create habits that get you closer to your goal. So I think in the podcast with James, uh, we were talking about, you know, for Steffi putting uh, snacks on shelves that are too high for her to reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's just adding like an extra step um you know to to, yep. g- to getting what you want or getting getting a th- something that's create like a that would satisfy a craving something that you know might not fit your macros and it gives you that extra second it's nudge it's a nudge it's
2: yeah exactly nudges exactly right? you're in an environment of nudges in one direction or the other.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Environment is everything in the study that 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 uh, James mentions in the book about how uh, just by rearranging a cafeteria, it prompted people to make healthier choices. And essentially the principles throughout the book and that we actually teach all of our clients is making good decisions, obvious, attractive and easy. And when and then you just apply the opposite when you're trying to get rid of a a habit. Right. Mm-hmm. make it unattractive, make it difficult and make it, what's the opposite of obvious? Not obvious. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah exactly. So that's
0: the whole thing behind, you know, if if you do, if you have cravings, because a lot of people do, right? When you have cravings, you're bored, you're emotionally eating. First is, is recognizing that you're eating, not because you're hungry or because you need the energy, but because you're bored. So that's the first thing. And then if you do want to actually eat something and you're trying to you know watch your calorie intake then go for things that um that are not so calorie dense i actually i call this the uh enjoyment to calorie ratio i actually coined this term (laughs) and this (laughs) is basically basically choosing foods that are low in calories but that are high in enjoyment for example i'll give you two examples of my favorite uh what are those lollipops that i like dim dim dum-dim dum-dums okay so dum- dum-dums dum-dums
1: i think so i think they're yeah
0: dum-dums pops uh, lollipops they're <laughs> they're 25 calories each and you can have it in your mouth for at least 10 minutes i mean that's 10 minutes of pure joy if you ask me for 25 <laughs> calories the other one is uh pre-popped popcorn the the so- low go ahead
2: So enjoyment is carried over time. So it's a this this is an area under the curve thing.
0: Yes, absolutely. This
2: is this is complex math about enjoyment. It's a calorie,
0: right? Because enjoyment uh, (laughs) is not only about the feeling that the food evokes, but also about how long you're able to feel it. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because obviously, like if I eat a cake from Fireman Derrick's or another amazing cake, I mean that has a high enjoyment uh, rating, but it's very low lived. And it's very calorie dense. So it it would have a, a poor ratio in this scenario. Anyway, and the second food is pre pop popcorn, low fat or low calorie or low cal or whatever. The, what's the one I like, man? I'm so bad with names. Smart Pop. Smart Pop or whatever.
1: Or no, it's, it's a diet smart food or whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever. So anyway, it's like three cups is five grams of fat, 10 carbs and three protein for three cups. Man, you, you're going to be munching <laughs> for a while. You understand me? (laughs) You're going to be munching away. Three cups of popcorn, that's plenty. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It's like half a bag of popcorn. Exactly. So it's just a matter of making the right choice and finding foods that that have a good calorie to enjoyment ratio.
1: Yeah, you you actually kind of just put out a video on this too on your YouTube channel. Yeah, what I, what,
0: yeah what I eat and what are some of the tips, mm-hmm. tricks that I use. Okay, so another good question. When losing focus or motivation to achieve your goal, what do you do to find that fire again?
1: Oh, and j- just be I know people are going to call us on this because we said we were going to start with the questions about 30 days of mental muscle and then we didn't.
0: Well, deal so, with it.
1: I'm just acknowledging that. We know what we're doing, all right? All right. We chose to not answer those questions, even though we said we were going to.
0: That's right, because guess what? This is our (laughs) podcast.
1: Yeah, we do what we want here.
0: (laughs) Okay, when losing focus or motivation to achieve your goal, what do you do to find the fire again?
1: I mean, you're a good one to answer that because you've dealt with that quite a bit with uh, your back injuries and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and just training in general. Look, I think that people get into either sports or their professions, looking at things the wrong way. You don't get into, you don't choose a sport that you want to get into or a profession based on the good times that you're going to have doing it. You have to ask yourself if you can endure the bad times that are going to come with a job or with, or with, um, the, the, the sport. So, you know, I don't know. This question isn't specific to sports. It just says losing focus or motivation to achieve your goal. So I guess it'll apply to both things. Um, you know, if you rely on motivation to reach your goals, then you're not going to go anywhere because motivation ebbs and flows. It's like any, it's like any other emotion, you know, some days you're feeling happy. Some days you're feeling sad. Some days you're feeling angry. Some days you wake up motivated and some days you wake up feeling blue and not wanting to do anything. But what the only true way to sticking with your goals and committing to your goals is to making them a habit and making them an automatic process. So, For me, it's essentially I've never given myself the opportunity to not go to the gym when I don't feel like it, because my goal of becoming a professional athlete was a top priority. So instead of just thinking about, oh, you know, I'm not feeling motivated. I'm just not going to go. That's you're giving your emotions way more power than they deserve. And you're putting your emotions over top the commitment that you have for your particular goal. And I think what paralyzes a lot of people from continuing to pursue their goals is that they think they need to be performing at 100% all the time. When in reality, anything that's worth anything, anything, um, that you want to achieve at the high level is gonna take time and you chip at it, you know, you chip at it little by little, day by day. You don't have to take huge chunks every time. Sometimes you come in and you do the bare minimum, and sometimes you come in and you absolutely crush it. So, I think it's just you know, and I i remember when I was in grad school, I kept just telling myself, just keep showing up. And anytime, you know, I think more often than not, I didn't want to go to the gym, but I would go and I would. Tell myself, okay, you're gonna. I'm gonna train for five minutes, and after five minutes, if I'm still feeling like crap, then maybe I'll skip my main movements and I'll I'll do a conditioning circuit or something else. I'll punish myself for not being able to do my main (laughs) lifts. Literally, yeah, that's what I would do. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think you know, just not relying on motivation, being able to uh, create habits around the things that are important to you, and making making those decisions automatic so that you don't even so that you don't have to make a decision. So it's like, if you want to learn how to code, you set aside a time in a day and you never skip it. No matter what you have a stomachache, you still do it. You're tired. You still do it. You have a headache. You still do it. It yeah, doesn't it's matter. A,
1: it's a non-negotiable. It's a
0: non-negotiable. It's exactly. Like
1: you, you, If you wanted to get a promotion or you wanted to get farther ahead at work, you wouldn't just not go in on days you don't feel like going in. Exactly. You know, up, it's just it's it's- trusting. It's I hate the term trusting the process, but it's committing to the process instead of just an arbitrary end goal. It's
2: also being critical about your own ability to judge how things are going. Right. When you, when you think when you have a bad day, you think I'm not doing well, I'm not progressing. This isn't worth doing. And you're judging the fact that it's not a good day. So you're not actually adequately assessing how, how much you're you know on track towards mm-hmm. your goal.
1: You're also right? self-sabotaging, <laughs> you know, it's kind of yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like popping the other three tires of your car when you get one flat. So, oh, well, you know, I've got one flat, so might as well just mail in the rest of it and make, make this a whole shit show, you know?
2: Yeah. But, and it's also a not too high, not too low thing. It's right. When people have a great day, they're like, I'm so good at this. Like, it's always going to be this easy. Like, <laughs> I'm so far ahead of, of where I thought I would be. Like, it's going to be like, and they don't, you, you kind of push that out to forever.
1: Oh, and for then sure. the
2: next day, the, the, the day that it's not as good as it, it's kind of.
1: That's now why we that all get so depressed. The difference, and-
2: the, yeah. Difference is magnifying instead of focusing on consistency and, and chipping away and, and kind of observing the process as it goes along and not, mm-hmm. you know, identifying with your, with your assessment of how things are going. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not very good.
1: That's why so many power lifters are so depressed all the time because it's so, <laughs> it's such an objective sport and it's so easy to measure yourself against your best ever squat, your best ever bench, your best ever deadlift. So you're like, Oh, when I was peaked, you know, going into a mm. meet 600 pounds felt really easy in squat. And now you're know, <laughs> at the beginning of a training cycle and yeah. 600 pounds is crushing you. And even though yeah. you know that it shouldn't matter and that you're not at the right point to make an evaluation, it's still depressing. Yeah.
0: yeah you, know, you know, the same uh, comparison is the death of joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true to yourself or, or to others. You know, you just have to take it one day at a time and look directly at what's in front of you, mm-hmm. trying not to get too far ahead. I think, you know, I've I've had the I've been blessed and I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people that perform at a high level, not only athletes, but also successful entrepreneurs, uh, actors, etc. And I think one thing that I've picked up picked up from their character that I th- believe differentiates a high performer or someone who's excellent at what they do versus someone who's okay or good is their ability to do the mundane for long periods of time. And that's it. Really, that's it. Obviously, some people get lucky, right place, right time, you know, and they rise to the top really fast. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't matter, right? Because getting to the top is easy. Staying at the top is hard. So you becoming an icon or 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 you be, you know being remembered and being truly truly amazing at what at what you do requires you to have the ability to to be to do the boring things. It requires for, you to have a
1: good process. Yeah. You know luck can only get you so far and like you said there's so many talented people that come into all different sports mm-hmm. you know who get there without that process without the appropriate work ethic that most people need to develop in order to get somewhere. Mhm. And usually, not always, but usually those people don't last very long. No. Nah. Mm. You see them. They're like the – it's like the equivalent of the 90-day wonders at university. You know, they come into powerlifting, so much potential. They're so strong, super, super young. And then it's like a year or two and they're busted and they're, yeah. out, they're out of the sport altogether. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. Think so, you that and, and
0: and last thing, Jocko Willens' discipline is freedom. That's my mm-hmm. favorite For uh, My favorite quote for when people talk about motivation, you know, I think if you, if you, and it goes, it goes, it applies for everything, right? Not only for sports. If you, if you want to, if you want to be able to live a long life and be healthy, then you have to be disciplined today, tomorrow, and the day after eating the right foods and training so that you can have the freedom to, to move and live and do things when you're older, And that applies to all aspects in life. So I think being disciplined, being consistent, and putting your head down and just working as hard as you can, no matter how you feel.
1: To piggyback, there's I have a lot of questions here, just different people asking how you deal with injuries, and it's sort of along the same vein. So you think there's any difference in application when it comes to that overcoming injuries? You know, I know you have like a physical process of how to recover from injuries but mentally being somebody who's competing at the very high level like you are uh you know where an injury affects you so much it affects business it affects the amount of money you're getting from sponsors you know
0: my identity your psychologically identity,
1: yeah all, all that stuff is there anything you can think of that that you know someone who's who's all in on on lifting or who's all in on any sport, yeah. Really look, I think injury can can use.
0: Yeah, I think first of all, we we really do tend to magnify our issues and our injuries, um, you know, based on the importance that we that we give that particular activity that we're starting to miss out on. So I can't remember where I read about this, but it's the example of the violin player who gets a paper cut in their finger, and it's literally the end of the world for them, you know, because they're not going to be able to play. <laughs> So I think looking at things a little bit more objectively and looking at things kind of bird's eye view, you know, the grants in the grand scheme of things, the amount of time that you'll, that you'll be out for a particular injury is going to be so minute in your, in your time as an athlete Mm -hmm. that you need to, you need to be accepting Of the fact that you're hurt and you're going to have to potentially take time off or that you're going to have to rethink your training. So acceptance is the first thing. And then being really smart, because one of the main mistakes that I've made in the past was, you know, trying to push past pain. When, when it was really debilitating and I don't know, thinking that I had to be, I had to be tough in order to get better. And, and that I, I, I wasn't allowing myself to skip training sessions based on how my body felt. And I think that's a huge mistake because if you're younger, yeah, your body maybe can, can get past that. Right. Like you can, how many years did I spend just training hurt, injured. Even At least a couple. Yeah, my back or my knee or my hip. Like there is always oh, something.
1: Well, if you're just hurt in general. Yeah. Like yeah, the whole career.
0: Yeah, I think you <laughs> just. I think. You, I think you just need to be smart about it and and learn when it's actually a good idea for you to take a step back and accept it for what it is. Right, injuries are inevitable everyone's going to get one at some point in their life, independently of whether they're an athlete or they're not. And so just understanding that it's, it's, it's just part of the process. You know, it's part of the, a part of what you have to go through. If you, especially if you want to perform at the highest level, if you're closing to, if you're flying too close to the sun, you're going to lose some feathers. That's just the way that it is. Right. Um,
1: I think there's also something to be said about identifying silver linings in any situation. So, I almost any injury I've ever had has not been completely full body debilitating. Well, not just almost never, that's never been the case, you know? Yeah. So I think you can always
0: find something to do,
1: always something to do, you know, like for me, it was honestly a blessing in disguise, having a lower body injury because my bench is my, my worst of the three lifts. So mm-hmm. I was able to dedicate a lot of time just to work on getting my upper body
0: stronger. And it goes, be it goes beyond yeah. the physical. It's about identifying other areas of, of opportunity that you might not have thought about you know when you were healthy it's like uh you know i'm i'm doing so much with my free time now now that i'm not training consist or seriously for i'm not preparing for a competition right now i'm learning how to play the drums i'm taking boxing classes i learned how to swing a a bat a baseball bat you know i don't know it's just like you 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 can learn a different skill you can read more just it's about being optimistic and 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 trying to because obviously you're gonna get down on yourself sometimes but trying to see the the best in every situation you know trying to find the opportunities that are disguised in in um a tough time
1: for sure i mean I feel like it's pretty re- uh, relevant, not not necessarily injuries, but just people are dealing with such curveballs now with the whole coronavirus thing and not being able to train. And it is such a good opportunity to do things outside of training. And if, you, if you're one of those people who's standing around because the gym's closed and you're like Will Ferrell in that interview in Talladega Nights where you're like, I don't know what to do with my hands.
0: <sighs> it's
1: like that's a good indication that you probably have some other areas of your life that you should – putting more time and attention to dude
0: if you're if if, if if i read your instagram post and it says i'm bored what are you doing man
1: yeah well you know that those are the same pe- people who argue over pineapple on pizza and uh uh what else what's another one of those good <laughs> ones you know it's like just be more interesting that's not a real talk yeah just
0: find find something that find find something to learn i don't know do something sign hey, up for hey.
1: hybrids 30 days of mental muscle hey you've got more time
0: Hey, shout out, to, uh, shout out to Gio for being a trooper. Eh? Gio is our, is is amazing. He he moved from Colombia mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and he's been helping us with keeping our gym clean. He got laid off from his second job, which is working as a cook, as a chef. And he used that opportunity during this quarantine to develop his new business called Señor Burrito.
1: Which is awesome, by it's the way. It's
0: amazing. If you're in Miami, Senor Burrito, he makes the best burritos in all of the land.
1: Yeah, I'm. We pretty much eat. I actually eat multiple of them a day. Yeah, uh, they're incredible. <laughs> they're does, great. Does he,
2: does he deliver the pompano, or does he
0: ship? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you can ship it over.
1: <laughs> yeah, till overnight too. I gotta get hooked
0: up. Yeah. He'll send it in a in a messenger pigeon, pigeon messenger. What do you call get,
1: those? Sounds good. A messenger pigeon.
0: Paloma mensajera. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh. What else? What do you got? I don't have anything else for the thirty day.
1: Yeah, well, all of mine are actually the ones that came in about the thirty day of uh, thirty days of mental muscle is are ones we kind of addressed in the opening. So why don't we just dive into the regular regular questions? There's a lot of questions here about when does it start? How do you apply or how do you, you know, how do you get involved? And if you don't know that by this part of the podcast.
2: Let's remind people because they sometimes don't hear things. You don't have to do anything if you're a member of hybrid training or nutrition. If you are not, you should sign up for hybrid training and nutrition (laughs) and you will get these emails with no further action starting May 1st.
1: Just a, our gift to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you're not on the plan already, strong.hybridperformancemethod.com. What do you got for us, Collin?
0: Um, I mean, then there's the other Ask Away part two, ask me anything you want us to talk about on the podcast.
1: Hey, someone was asking- me to we- read yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I had one here about, are we ever gonna get into the supplement biz? And sort of is the answer. <laughs> We uh a supplement
2: adjacent,
1: yeah. We're, we're coming out with a pre workout gummy that we have been testing and testing and testing because we got the first sample and it tasted like a bag of chemicals, and then we got the second sample and it tasted like an old shoe, and then we got the third sample and it tasted like dog poo. And now we're on sample number four, and gotta tell you, I think we're, we're almost there. Almost it, it, it was pretty good, pretty good.
0: It need a little something, something.
1: I need a little something. So, uh, something, I think, something. I think, uh, something, something. Something, something. Yeah. Something, something. Need a little something, something. Something, something. And I think uh, version five is going to be the one. So very soon, you, you want to blow your head off with some caffeine. You know what they say? Pre-workout. We're, Fifth we're gonna time
0: have. is the charm. <laughs> is that what I, they
1: say? I don't think that's what they say. Cap? That's what we say. Fact
0: check? Fifth time? Fifth time is the charm?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's common. Common kind of phrase. <laughs> yeah. Well, if this one doesn't work out, then the phrase will change to sixth. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's coming along uh, really well. Every every sample has been better than the last, and I think we're really we're really getting close. So okay,
0: yeah, it's Next. gonna be good. You have anything?
1: Don't okay, at, at me.
0: Okay, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I got one that just says ankle mobility. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay.
2: Affirmative. Perm- it moves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's it for that one, I guess. <laughs> uh, Did it have a question
2: mark? At least, not was even. There, no, it was a statement. Not
1: even. Yeah, it was a statement. <laughs> I agree,
2: one hundred percent. Yes.
0: Okay. Once gyms reopen, roughly, how long would you estimate it would take to get back to prior numbers?
1: I think that depends on your. What do
0: you think? I am a genie in a bottle.
1: <laughs> day, day one. I, mean, I think it depends on your your strength and experience level. You know, if you're trying to compare yourself, if for Steffi, might take a little bit longer than someone who goes to the gym recreationally. You know, so um,
0: I think do we save anywhere between eight and twelve weeks?
1: Sure. I don't know. I don't I feel anywhere
0: like between I can, between I one day and three hundred and sixty five. <laughs>
1: I think I could get back a lot quicker than that. It really depends. It depends on how you respond to training. It depends on what your lifestyle is
0: like. It depends on your approach. Exactly. So that's a really tough one to answer. Yeah. Okay. However, I do want to say it won't take you as long as it took you to gain that strength.
1: Yeah, Yeah. of course. You'll get back faster than your first climb to that level of strength. And I think in general, people are usually surprised at how quick they can get back to where they were. It really seems like this like insurmountable feat when you first get into the gym and you feel like crap after a, some a long time off. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's a, it's a lot easier than than we tell ourselves at the beginning.
2: Yeah, just the expectations need to be clear.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we got a question here about can people just show up at Hybrid uh, to train and meet Steffi and me?
0: Yeah, but not now well, because it's closed. Well, no.
1: Not really. I mean, you, you, you can't just walk, walk in on any given day, but you can direct message the gym Instagram, which is at hybrid performance method, gym, uh, or you can call the business line and through either of those, uh, mediums, uh, mediums of, of conversation, you can book an appointment to come in. Uh, but you have to do during staffed hours. So make sure you do that. Don't show up at the door of hybrid. Unannounced, you'll be disappointed.
0: Okay. Uh, <clears throat> tips on transitioning from powerlifting to the Olympic weightlifting.
1: Ooh, that's tough. That's a lot tougher than going from weightlifting to powerlifting, yeah. which is what I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough.
1: I mean, I th- I think I think your number one priority just needs to be range in overhead mobility. Like, that's yeah. the limiting factor, I think, for anyone trying to do a snatch or, or a jerk. I honestly and, think that it affects if, jerk more.
0: And if you do have the mobility, if you're one of those people that for some reason have good mobility, even, even if they don't train it, then technique is the limiting factor, obviously. Yeah
2: tired to learn the movements. It's really hard to learn the movements, so
0: really find, find learn the movements. yeah. Please. And I think, you know what the problem is, especially for, for powerlifters who are transitioning into weightlifting, is that they assume that their progression is going to be similar to powerlifting, where you're essentially, you know, you go bar and then the next week you go bar and 10s and then the next week you go bar and <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And in, in yeah. weightlifting, it just doesn't happen like that. Sometimes you're going to have to work with the same numbers for, for, for weeks, you know. Years. It, years, yeah. Sometimes. And especially when it comes to learning <laughs> technique. And I love telling the story because i remember how pissed off i was uh at my coach camilo um for i don't know i think In, uh, um, i think the
1: spanish um, yeah because
0: I'm, yeah. Talking <laughs> I'm talking about camilo i'm talking about camilo when when i first started with him you know he's very he, he technique is the most important thing for him and i think for any weightlifting coach and for the first i think I want to say like six to eight weeks. I literally only snatched the bar, it because th- that's the most important thing, you know. If you don't have good mm-hmm. technique, good patterns, you don't understand how the movement work, how to how to make it as efficient as possible. Then you're gonna you're gonna end up not truly being able to. It's a, it's a fine line,
1: though, isn't it? Because you still need to challenge yourself. I remember,
0: but at the beginning, oh, at the very learning, beginning, the yeah. very beginning. I'm yeah. talking
1: uh, when you're. When you're learning the movement, yeah, obviously you can't pack on the weight, but I think you can actually go heavier in those movements a lot sooner than people think. And that was the approach that, that my coach always took. Cause he he's like, I don't care if your technique is great at 50%. Everybody's technique is great at 50%. It's like, this is Olympic weightlifting. Every session is a technique session. You know, it's not back squat where you're literally maxing out your, your strength potential. Yeah. It's like you need to push yourself to a point where technical breakdown can occur. So and that then you learn can,
0: how to do it. Right. Yeah.
1: And then learn how to to, to perform. Yes. But that comes
0: after you learn how to True. do the movement. True. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, this is a good one. What's the difference between hybrid, a hybrid powerlifting program versus an individualized coaching program for powerlifting?
1: Uh, I think that the vast majority of people really do not need individualized coaching. And I think it's, of course, every coach wants to tell you that you need individualized coaching because that's how 99% of coaches make their money. And obviously we have a bias because we offer templated programming and that's how we make our money. But uh, the reason why we do offer templated programming is because I think we can cast a much wider net and help a lot more people because it services the needs of way more people. I mean, you, that doesn't answer the question. No, but the, the difference the difference is uh, f- I wanted to preface it by first saying this.
0: Oh, okay. You know
1: where? Oh, we where we also
2: offer a customizable template.
1: That's right? true, right? So it's, it's
2: not a, yeah, it's not an, a spreadsheet with no guidance.
1: Exactly. So you do have access to coaches. If you have specific things you want to work on, our coaches are going to help you with that. So it's, a, it's more than just receiving a workout plan and then us telling you to get lost. But uh, sure. I just think that there's a huge overemphasis on individualized coaching in general for training. I'm like you, Steph broke how many world records literally running hybrid powerlifting, you know, which is our templated program. And that's why we use yeah. it because it works great. And I ran that program for years. You yeah. Know? So, but I think, I think the, the, what, what going with a templated program, like hyper powerlifting does, it actually gives you a little bit more autonomy where I think the downfall of some, and some, some particular like, uh personalized uh, or coaches who offer personalized coaching are great, but you get this dependence on your coach where I see so many people literally sitting in the gym in between sets. They've just sent their coach a video and now they're waiting for their coach to respond to the video so they can do the next (laughs) set. I'm like, are you insane, dude? You're doing squat. You're doing squat and you've been training for five years. You don't need your coach to tell you if your squat was good or not. You yeah. know, it's like, you're, yeah. and you're, what are you using? You're using RPE or percentages. It's like, how many questions could you have? You know, it's, yeah. It, but but the thing is, because it's available to people, they use it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, if they're throwing any curveball, they literally can't figure out what to do. So I think the value of, of a template program is obviously you get a lot of bang for your buck, it's a lower price service, but you also learn how to use your own body in training and, and what works for you. And, you know, you, you still get the feedback from, from our coaches, but you don't have to be kind of spoon fed or, or have your hand held while you're doing it.
2: Yeah. And also we can be honest, cause I think that goes into the need for some coaches. We, we address it all the time as, and also this is a PT thing and the Cairo thing to be the movement person. It is my job. I must know everything about movement. Mm-hmm. Therefore I must make small and significant things. Very, very important. So yeah, difficult like to understand. Actually, You know, irrelevant and, and insignificant at best. So, right. Cause if that person is asking their coach, was my knee. Okay. My left knee is kind of wonky. I don't know. Like, should it be different? You know, should it be more out? You know, that's just a, not a productive conversation to have. And that's, that's, that's feeding that dependency. Right. And then the coach, the coach is for some reason is, is incentivized to continue that dependency. Well, because like they coach say- should see, But like, or, or a more knowledgeable coach shouldn't be, should, should do the same thing as a template program. But the idea is a template program is designed to, to hand that autonomy to you. And we, and we do our best to teach you how to right, regulate your training effort and to learn about movement and to learn what is important and what's less important and kind of tackle the, the highest return um, priorities first to get the most benefit. And then you can start thinking about little things.
0: Also like
2: only matter at the top. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Also, I would say that particularly for beginner and intermediate level lifters, I mean, pretty much anything that you do is gonna work if yeah. if you adhere to it. I think adherence is the number one thing when it comes to uh, training of any kind. When you're a beginner or intermediate, is repetition. You know, it's doing yeah. the thing over and over and over again day after day. So, if joining a community like Hybrid is something that you think you'd enjoy, then Hybrid is the right answer for you. If you don't believe yeah. in the program, if you don't like us, if you don't like the community, then it might not how
1: be. How could you not like? But how us?
0: could you not? You know, <laughs> we're the best. Yeah. Around, Please. nothing's gonna ever take me down. Oh. Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, ignore that. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> uh, the method the methods are many, the principles are few. Or all the yeah. roads lead to Rome. You understand what I'm saying?
1: I get it. You you, you yeah. choose the 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 program that has the people behind it that you identify with or that you look up to or or people right. or, or an environment that's gonna that motivate you to to train or, or you're gonna get something out of it like that because we're all doing squat, bench, and deadlift, and if you're a beginner. And you're doing yeah. squat bench and deadlift, you're gonna get better. Yeah. Or snatching cleans like if you're a weightlifter or whatever.
2: It's the thing that you can see yourself doing long term. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And that's possible to do long term. So you right, you can't create the secret magic training program, but you can mess it up. You can create right. something and some sort of set of instructions that's just impossible. <laughs> right. And that's a bad program. But there's a minimum level of a good program, that it's a matter of supporting people to you know to get them to right. Be consistent on it and and kind of build progress and momentum over time.
1: Yeah,
2: there's no substitute for that, and and enjoy it while they're doing it. Ideally, but yeah. it's okay if on some days they don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another one here about just asking what this one's asking what my training split is, but I think it's actually I'd like to for you to talk on your training split, um, just because it's changed. I, I can touch on mine too, but I think. It's interesting just how much yours has changed over the years based on your experience level uh, and training style. You know, you started out with nine sessions a week. That's multiple two a days, (laughs) you know, where you're squatting and you're squatting nine times a week. Also, that's Um, CrossFit
2: level sessions.
1: But you know what, you know what, that was actually her weightlifting coaching. Yeah. Her coach was doing Yeah, I know
2: weightlifting mostly doubles. But you gotta get to that twenty-four sessions a week. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. She uh <laughs> when I met her, she had her she had legs that looked like Christmas hams, like basically the same as how they look now, but the rest of her body looked n- like it didn't was
0: half Oh, Yeah, it didn't
1: match. Uh, yeah. But it used to look great. Yeah. <laughs> Not I, mean, I mean, obviously yeah. that's how we ended up right. together. But it's just, it was amazing that just to see that, like how apparent and, your, your focus was, like, and how it's it the affected skate skater.
2: your the yeah. speed skater body. yeah, you have to feed the arms <laughs> yeah. and then you just have these, you know, 500 horsepower legs. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you had. But yeah, how, then, so you went from nine training sessions a week, you know, the weightlifting to five in powerlifting right?
0: Yeah so and and this is actually an interesting topic of conversation and that is it I think that people often gravitate towards the belief that doing more is always better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't I don't honestly know where that started. Uh, so I think it's cultural societal you know they have to work hard, play hard, do as much as you can kind of thing. That's, I think, where the mentality comes from. But when it comes to strength training specifically, more is not always better. And it's quite the opposite. It becomes a matter of finding what the minimum effective dose is. Mm-hmm. And that is challenging because what is the limiting factor when it comes to strength training is your ability to recover and adapt and managing fatigue. Those are the three variables that like, it's not even strength. That shouldn't even be the thing that you're, you're trying to do. You're trying to stay in one piece. You're trying to recover from the last session. You're trying to feel the best that you can in the next session. That those are the variables that you're going to have to uh, deal with. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the more uh, experience you accumulate and the longer that you train, the more difficult those variables become to control because the more weight you're, you're moving and the more you're crushing your body and your nervous system. So if you're training, you know, I don't know, eight years ago, I was training at a, I wasn't training at my absolute, at at the level of my absolute max, right? Even when I was maxing out, that was not my true max. My technique was all over the place. I didn't have Mm -hmm. enough experience, et cetera. Now, now that I'm actually training very quickly, probably very close to my
1: physiological,
0: physiological and absolute max, then, um, it's not so easy for me to recover anymore. So I just can't get away with doing nine sessions a week or, or, or eight or seven or six, you know, I've had to drop down my training frequency to three, four times per week. And I remember when, when I first, I think Yuri Belkin was the first guy that I ever spoke to that, that told me that he only trained three times a week, one squat, one bench and one deadlift session. And that's it. And I remember being so shocked because obviously he was either maintaining or, or gaining strength. I think he was still, he's still getting better. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, that made me, that raised my interest for actually trying to figure out what's the minimum that I can do to continue making progress instead of How much can I beat my body to get one pound here, one pound there, right? So, you know, my, my, I think I've, I've matured a lot as an athlete and I've, I've, I've learned a ton and I've changed my perspective as well, as far as how much I need to do to continue getting better and change my mindset, even when it feels counterintuitive.
1: Yeah. I think also there's, there's an important point to be made when, when you're talking about high level athletes in that their current training regimen is not it might be what they do now, but it's not what the complete story of what got them to where they're,
0: where they are.
1: So like people love to ask the question uh, to, to like Yuri or you or anyone who's at a very high level, Oh, what's your training look like? And then they try to copy that, but it's like what they should be asking is what did your training look like at all your various different stages of, of experience and strength? Because, you know, if, if you just say, Oh yeah, I train three times a week. And then some noob goes and trains three times a week. Like they're going to be severely limiting the progress that they can make. Whereas in reality, you made a ton of progress early on because when you're training nine times a week, that's twice more times. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but that's twice. That's two more times per week than there are days in the week. Yeah. So you're just like covering all of this extra ground that people who are only training four or five times a week aren't training. And in, when you're not dealing with with loads that are your physiological max, uh, early on in your in your career, you can get away with doing having a super high level uh, or high frequency and still recover mm-hmm. on time, and that's what you're doing, yeah. right?
2: And yeah, I think about that as practice more so than training because exactly. the physiologic demands are different, right? And then maybe that's where the miscommunication is because right, football practice is you know is long and there are two days, you know, coming from lacrosse. You know, you spent three hours a day practicing. You spent spent a long time practicing for soccer. Um, yeah. and then there are Hockey points too with with heavy with heavy practice loads in early season or preseason where it's like all day. Uh-huh. But that's not the same. That's not the same as training for three reps or just to train to
0: be
1: your strongest. Right.
0: Also also here's 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 the real thing. Uh, have you guys heard of the eighty twenty rule for running?
1: I've heard of the eighty twenty rule from my inbox oh, today. Because you, <laughs> you sent an email like to email and, about diet, about anything that yeah. eighty eighty percent. You're just your, talking your about the
2: percent well. of your efforts, right? Eighty percent of your problems come from twenty percent of your customers. It's, uh, it's no, no, a no, no, no. This
0: is this oh. is this is okay. No, no, but this is a different one. I'm talking okay, about. So they're all the same. I'm 80, talking about yeah, it's miles. a running. It's a running. It's a. It's it's something I learned through uh, when I was training for marathons.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Okay. So essentially. <laughs> In the 80/20 rule 20% of your workouts should be balls to the wall like as f- hard as you can and 80% should be really slow i'm talking about like if i if i wanted to to train for a half marathon during that 80% time i could probably train with with nigerian guys that are professionals like that's how slow <clears throat> they should be going and i should be going really mm-hmm. really slow what happens is that People don't, don't go to that max intensity 20% of the time or to that really slow, low intensity, that 80% of the time. What they end up doing is during the days that they're supposed to recover, they're not recovering enough. Or the days that are supposed to be light, they're not going light enough. And the days that are supposed to be heavy, they're not going heavy enough. And they end up training 100% of the time at 50%. Yeah. And that yeah, is... That that just doesn't work. Like you, you have to do the hard trainings and then you have to do the no training or the really light training. But you're doing yourself a disservice by training at 50%. And that's why people can. That's the only reason why I could pack nine sessions a week in terms of weight. Like I wasn't moving that much weight. I was just like practicing my technique. And yeah, you can do that every day. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah. you know, and
1: that's a lot of what progress is early on is just skill acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. Just repetition, 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 so that you're not lifting sloppy so that when you get to weights that are more difficult and heavier, you can manage them appropriately.
0: Absolutely. But I mean, you, you get what I'm saying with the 80, 20, right? Like yeah. so yeah. many, so many people, I don't know, like they just can all
1: They have that all or nothing mentality.
0: And, the, but they end up not training hard when they have to, and, and not taking it easy when they have to, and they just end up training mediocrely. Is that a word? Uh mediocrely. in a mediocre way, most of the time, suboptimally, suboptimally. And most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I agree. Or they take the other approach where they just try to go hundred percent all the time. And then your body very quickly makes it yeah, takes you right back down to 50%. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We call it earning your highs by doing the low sessions, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you take it as a high, low principle. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like that. Um, here's one for maybe you, Ian. how How can I fix an imbalance in my arms? So he's talking about like he here specifically. No like, arm length. <laughs> he's talking about like uh, one arm Strength. being weaker than the other, so he's locking out in bench press one arm first before the yeah. other. It's sort of similar to what Alex does sometimes. Yeah,
2: um, you got to ask how limiting is that. And does it really need to change your current training? And if you're not doing any unilateral work in your training, maybe doing some is a good idea, but if you're already doing some, and it's not affecting your training, meaningfully, you can just continue doing what you're doing and it will improve over time. Sometimes people think they need to like retrain this other arm or they're taking time bomb for their arm to fall off or something. <laughs> um, but that's not the case. Everyone's in balance a little bit and just getting better at the movement will allow you to reskill kind of the motor pattern eventually so that it, it kind of is more symmetrical, but at kind of breakdown loads, it might always kind of kick in a little bit and, every, and even very high-level high people can can default to some asymmetry. It just kind of depends on the person. And my thing is we fixate on right-left asymmetry, but it's like, that's so different than front-back. We just don't see front-back. So everyone's in balance in some, Plane up, down, front, back, side to side. It's like, why do we focus on right, left so much? Other than we like symmetry, is this kind of yeah, artistic pe- thing. I love that. People just you know? think
1: it's ugly to, <laughs> to lock one out, yeah. out first. Yeah, it's
2: like you can't tell how strong someone's lats are relative to their pec when they bench press, but people have different lat pec ratios. People have different hamstring quad ratios. Mm-hmm. Like the right, left doesn't mean anything unless it's a really big difference. Mm-hmm. And most likely it's not a huge difference, mm-hmm. right? Or you're like recovering from an arm injury. In which case you need to train that weak arm to kind of get it close to speed. So, I hope that's a good answer.
0: Yeah. Crush that. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I like it.
2: Cause the answer is essentially, don't worry about it and keep doing what you're doing as long as you're doing the right stuff.
1: You know, so I wish that was stuff. the answer to all my problems. <laughs>
0: People get so caught up on that. You're right. I'm trying to look perfectly right. symmetrical. I, well, that's
1: that's why the whole industry of magical exercises yeah. exists. We will
2: reserve our magic arm exercise for next time.
1: That will cure
2: all your imbalances.
0: <laughs> and, and Hey, if, if you ever go see someone taking
1: up, taking up my, my screen area.
0: If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to someone, a PT or a trainer, and the answer to that is, well, if say, let's talk about bench here for, cause that's the example that you brought up, brought up, uh, If he says, all right, like we first have to fix your, your arm unevenness and then you can start benching again, that's usually a red flag.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, like Ian said, the word fix, the
0: word fix (laughs) is an immediate red flag. So there's nothing broken. There's nothing that needs fixing. It's just something that you could work on. Big stretch.
1: Um, There's some fun ones in here that are totally random. Should we answer those? Or you want to stick uh, stick to what we're doing? Can go for can go for a couple ones, Co- couple fine ones. Um, let's see. Oh, he, actually, here's here's a good one first. The someone said they wanted to get into the habit of reading, and any advice on that? And this is one <laughs> that I, I I well <laughs> pick up a book. Uh, no, I, this is one that I actually I struggled with struggle with this one because I I actually wrote a piece on this, it's going to go out in the uh, 30 days of mental muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it reading it has just always been so boring and I've always associated um, reading with all of the annoying tasks that came along with it in school. So like book reports and like I was never, never growing up was I pumped to read a book. So I kind of just had to reframe How I go about reading because how I used to try to read in the past was I'd sit down in a chair and just read for an indefinite period of time until I was so miserable that I would just put the book down and be like, wow, not doing that again for a while, you know? And I feel like that's how a lot of people who struggle with getting in the habit of reading approach it. So having a little bit more structure always helped me. And something that Steffi and I started was the hashtag 10 pages per day. And the idea behind that for us is that you just read a minimum of 10 pages per day, which is super easy. takes you a few minutes. Uh, And then if you feel like reading more, you read more. And usually that's the case. I feel, you know, I get on a bit of a roll where you get to 10 pages and you're like three pages away from finishing a chapter or something. And you, you know, you, you do the last three. Uh, But just having that minimum, you'd be amazed how quickly, how many books you can get through in a year, just reading 10 pages a day or starting with that and building from there. So I think it's just, Giving yourself like, again, it's almost like the minimum effective dose, you know, taking overcoming just the starting process by not making the goal too big. uh, is just an easy way to get started. So I I, I I would would even, I
2: would even backtrack from that and go back to that. Why question is like, you know, why do you even want to start reading? Mm-hmm. Is it do you? Are you reading because you feel like you should?
1: Yeah, because society so, says we should yeah, read.
2: Because <laughs> other people do it. Or are you <laughs> reading to actually enrich your life and and have a good experience, either with fiction or you're trying to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's just about finding books you're interested in reading.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Right. And it takes a little more energy to read something than to watch a Netflix show, which is why it's hard to start. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually interested in the in the material, or you're actually you actually enjoy going through a story and, and kind of creating your in a book. You're kind of participating in the creation of the story because you have to visualize it as it's happening and construct it out of the words. But if you, you know, if you enjoy that process or you are looking for the knowledge out of a nonfiction book, you should find books that you're interested in. And if you buy a book and you're not interested in it, you don't have to finish it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's such a sunk cost fallacy with books. Yeah. <laughs> You're like I'm already halfway through, I might as well just suffer till the end, even uh, though this, uh, i just slug through this. I hate this it. This book read, is about macraméing you know. jean shorts or something. Yeah, you know, it's, like,
0: it's like, totally <laughs> it's totally okay. Oh my god, you sweated my knee. I,
1: I didn't tell you to come over here. <laughs>
0: Ew. Um. What was I saying?
2: Hey, make yourself it's comfortable. Totally, it's Totally okay, something.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally okay to start a book and not be interested in it and.
1: That was something that you had to come to terms with, dude. You had such guilt associated with it.
0: Oh my god! I would read books that would literally make my eyes bleed. And it
2: it sits there and judges you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I would feel so bad, and and for and I would remember that book that I started and then finished. In fact, there's one in my bookshelf that I started and didn't finish, and I've had that book for ten years. What book? Shibumi. Shibumi. Yeah.
1: I don't
0: shibumi. <laughs> shibumi uh yeah okay and one what, another tip for me is oh, there's two actually one is having multiple books for multiple occasions so for example i was can't that dad
1: that told you that one
0: i used to do it and then your dad said it and i'm like hey i thought that was not okay
1: yeah.
0: like i <laughs> thought I that I wasn't t- allowed my
2: 10 book in morning book
0: yeah yeah yeah. or i, yeah. I started so i have a, a toilet book Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I have I have a nightstand book, a night table book, which is nightstand table book, which is
1: nightstand or night table, either way. Oh, okay.
0: A nightstand table book, which is uh, is a story.
1: (laughs) Nightstand table.
0: Oh my god! What?
1: (laughs) It's either nightstand or night table.
0: Okay, night table.
1: Actually, I don't like night table. I changed my mind. It's either nightstand or bedside table. Okay,
0: stop. Yeah, that. Uh, so I have one that I keep there, which is usually a story or or yeah, a fiction yeah. uh-huh. And then I have my either educational or professional development or personal development that I read when I'm more awake, you know maybe in the morning or throughout the day or that I take with me if I have to wait. And then I have another that is' my audiobook that I do when I'm walking. So at any point in time, I'm reading three books at a time,
2: yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes people feel weird about that and that's okay too.
0: But that's okay. You yeah, know?
2: Yeah.
0: And, and it, that, that actually, it kills two birds with one stone, which is goes to my next point, which is making your books available and accessible and making it easy. So if you know, there's a book in your, in, in your night table, night stand table,
2: <laughs> if, yeah, really if you know, you, you have night it next table, to your, your bed, table side night.
0: the table, <laughs> the table, <laughs> if you know that you have a book there, then you know, you just lay down. You you have your your light on, and then you just grab it and read a few pages. Put it back down. You know, it's just there. You know, it's there. It's always there. I hear you. So just putting putting your books in places where you where you would read.
1: Yeezys or off whites.
0: Yeezys or off whites. <laughs> Yeezys, by really? far.
1: What? By far. But off whites is there's a thousand options, whereas Yeezys there's like four.
0: Depends on what you consider off-white. Like, do you consider a Nike off-white collab off-white or Nike? Off-white. That's not fair.
1: What do, you, what do you mean? Of course it is. No. Yeezys are a collaboration between Adidas and Kanye West. So what are you even saying?
0: What are you even saying?
1: I'm saying that your criteria for disqualifying the off-white would also disqualify the Yeezy.
0: Okay, Yeezy. Still, you asked me.
1: Really? Wow, wow. Well, what what are your favorite shoes that you have?
0: My black Yeezys.
1: They are so versatile. The Phantoms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're pretty cool. But I still think off white because I'm a Nike fan over Adidas. Okay. You know, but that's just me. Hey. Hey, you
0: are do you, you?
1: Are you Nike's or or Adidas? Adidas. Well, I said Nike's or Adidas. Adidas. Nike or Adidas. What do you, you gotta got? Go,
2: you got to go with the American company over the German one
1: fair adidas (laughs) yeah that's actually how it's supposed to be pronounced right (laughs) yeah
0: how about Reebok or nike
1: nike is terrible but they're i mean they kind of made a comeback with all that like the push the champion they're also
2: they're also majority owned by adidas they're not a profitable company are they really yeah
1: i didn't know that that's wild Hey, also, oh, here's another thing that people argue about that just when I hear it, I say, Hey, I have a personality. Yeah. Um, how you eat your Oreos. Who cares, right? Someone just
0: asked. Okay, go ahead.
1: Somebody just asked me, how do you deal with Steffi not dunking her Oreos in milk? I don't deal with it. <laughs> she she just eats Oreos and I go about my life. All right. It's not a contentious issue. Everyone who cares about all these things, I got another one here that says Crunchy or smooth peanut butter, don't care, you know? But you care about jams. Yeah, but uh, not
0: really. I literally today I said that I can't even taste the difference.
1: Can't even taste the difference. Hey, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, a yeah, 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 we're done here. We're you know? deviating
0: way too far away from topic.
1: <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> this is Hybrid Unlimited where we speak on an unlimited number of topics. True. But since you're being a, a Debbie Downer, Cap, why don't you give us the recap? Where can they find, uh, the 30 days of mental muscle, do all that good stuff. Let's go, go to
2: strong.hybridperformancemethod.com. So put that strong in front of the hybrid performance method.
1: Separate it with dot a dot.
2: Com. <laughs> what? Separate it with a dot. Yeah, with a dot, right? The letters in the correct order in that bar that goes to the top <laughs> of your browser, all right? You You have to click enter, and then it will take you magically through the technology of the internet <laughs> to this page. Where you can read and all about what's going on this month. And you can click these big red buttons that say join today, right? Join the team. And that will take you to the store where you can then purchase a program where you but you actually have access to all of the programs.
1: It's a pretty good deal. Right? when
2: you buy when you buy one program, you have access to all the programs. That's essentially what a bundle is. Hybrid training is a bundle. Once you sign up for that program, you will have access to it and you will also have access to the 30 days of mental muscle challenges is what we've been talking about
1: a good portion of this time. Awesome. Yeah. You can also find the link in literally every single one of our Instagram bios. The hybrid page has it in its bio. Um on it on yeah, I already said Instagram. And uh yeah, all things hybrid there. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye. Yep. See ya.